Hello and welcome back to the Couch GM Podcast. My name is Ryan Parker and I'm joined, as always, by Matt Chamberlain. How you doing, Matt? I'm actually doing great today. I am well rested. Yeah. I For the first time in like three weeks, so I'm feeling really good. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. We're half... Oh my god, we're halfway through November somehow. Okay, you were in the mood. <laughs> <laughs> I don't uh, know how that's happened. Yeah, I don't. I have no idea. It just was like November. It was just like Halloween a couple weeks ago. I know. It feels sure. like. I mean, it was Halloween a couple weeks ago. Feels like Anyways, a couple days ago. Yeah, exactly. That's my point. Better, better point there. Uh, welcome to episode 87. If you're like, what is this podcast about? It's about NBA basketball, not about yeah. what time of the year it is, surprisingly, because I feel like we start out every podcast with, <laughs> oh my god, it's this time. Anyways, um, before we dive into news and some draft stuff, which is we are wrapping up our draft series, shout out to Matt, um, make sure you're following us on our social media, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and give us a rating and review on your podcast platform of your choice, and that would help us out a lot. Matt, what did people miss in episode 86? So we we talked about the Daryl Morey news of him going to Philly, and then subsequently the Rockets trying to get their stuff together um, by finally getting a head coach, leaving Oklahoma City as the only team at the time with no uh, filled head coach and we also uh, then got into the forwards episode of the draft preview. And because of the Daryl Morey news, we got into some uh, fun Philly trade ideas. And uh, just kind of let it rip there without being too obnoxious or over the top. I went full obnoxious and yeah, over the well. top with my James Harden trade idea. Spoiler yeah, for that. I'm not off the wall anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I guess not. So that's, that's part of the news today. Um with the Rockets just being the Rockets right now, along amongst other things going on in the league, but that that certainly uh, captured the news cycle. I think in a regular year, this would be a really boring free agency off season. It'd be so spread out, and it'd yeah. be like all this time and things for it to die down and get up and die down. But right now, it's just full go. It's just all NBA drama yeah. all the time, and I'm just here for it. Zero days of uh, <laughs> since their last dramatic incident. It's fine. The NBA will move on eventually. Uh, so this week in news, we have a start date, Matt. Yes, we do. December 22nd for a 72-game season. Um, some financials are still being discussed, obviously. I think like the escrow thing yeah. is still up in the air. Like the exact percentage. Uh, but we, we have basketball coming. Impending basketball. Like, yeah. soon. Yeah. We even have heard now like there might be some preseason they might try and squeeze a couple of those in. But, uh, uh, mo- most importantly, got to get that Christmas Day money. Right, yeah. Got to gotta kind of own that day. We've been talking for a long time on this podcast during a regular season how we think the NBA should push football for Thanksgiving. But that's not happening they this won't. year. Yeah. Um, Christmas has kind of been their day, and it's gonna be a it's gonna be an interesting start to that season for a lot of teams because I think some teams will probably end up starting their season on Christmas Day. Yeah, um, because not everyone will start on December twenty second. Uh, it's just kind of that week, which will be kind of kind of interesting. It'll be very awesome. I'm excited. We're, we're like it's official. Like we, I was pretty pessimistic. I thought we would be like March before we got NBA back, but and now we're like five weeks out 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it, I mean, preseason, if it happens, would be that first... Like, three like, weeks from now. <laughs> yeah, it would be that week of December 11th, I think, is kind of the reported area. LeBron, of course, isn't going to start a season no. until, like, January, February, but, I mean, we get... But other for the common folk. Yeah, for the... Uh, interesting. <laughs> it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. I'm pumped. Next piece of news. Uh, Houston is imploding. Like, the rockets are imploding. Yeah. And there's not... I mean, there's not... There's a joke there, but I'm not going to make it because, you know. But just the Westbrook kind of wants out now because he doesn't like the culture there. Harden's being like, I'm committed. Kind of. But but maybe not. <laughs> uh, PJ Tucker is irate and does not want to be there. Daniel House is upset with his role. Like, I don't know what well, he's... Upset with his role. I don't yeah. understand what he was wanting. Like, does he want to be the guy in Houston? Like, I'm kind of confused about that. Um, uh, ever since the bubble incident where he got kicked out, I'm I'm not trusting Daniel House's judgment <laughs> with anything. Austin Rivers is apparently unhappy, too. They've had, they've had the new front office turnover, the head coach turnover. I'm not sure what to do with Houston right now. At all. I could believe anything. It could go point. south really quick for Houston. Yeah. Right? Because, like... They don't really have a ton of picks. They've spent everything. Because they sent them all to OKC. <laughs> they've spent everything to stay competitive. It's just kind of feels like the end to a run of whatever, like this Harden era. Um, I, you know, I've heard Chris Paul's available in trades. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I'm not saying. That was the other interesting piece is that there was this like power struggle between Harden and CP3, which, uh, which was reported on this week. Which we kind of had an idea that was like yeah, a thing. Right. Um, Chris just, Paul wanted to be a point guard. And James Harden is like, I don't think you understand. And the, so the other interesting piece is that like there was other reporting this week on that Harden wants to play a different style. And He's been like, saying that for like three years. And hasn't done it. My thing on that is you are the superstar. You are the team this is designed around. At some point you could be like, hey... I would love to play a different style. Same thing with Kevin Durant when he was back in Oklahoma City. He was like, I wanted to play a different style. Okay. Did you not say anything? <laughs> like, are you just saying it now? It's almost like Daryl Morey would make a trade <laughs> to help whatever the Facilitate goal is that. happen. Right. <laughs> you know, it's almost like he's done it before. I just, like, I don't get it. I'll believe it when I see it of Harden playing a different role this stage in his career. You know, it's like if he... When he passed the ball on offense, he wouldn't stand at half court. That might that, actually that help, help too. You if know? he didn't make the rest of the team play four on five, that'd be cool. <laughs> on both ends of the court. He tries a little more on defense now. I'll give him that credit. But like even the Westbrook, like Westbrook can shoot. No, he can't. No, he can't. Westbrook can't shoot, and we just got to accept it. Well, there's, it, so there's many... some things we just got to accept. Yeah. If there's one team to slip this year from the playoffs... Out of the top four, at least, wouldn't wouldn't you pick Houston? Yeah, I guess. I mean, just because either they're going to implode on themselves, or like this team just isn't going to be what they are when the season even gets started. Yeah, yeah. I feel like everyone. It's it's kind of like uh, the end to like your college year, and you're just sick and tired of every every one of your friends. Like your yeah. freshman year, you're like tired of your roommate. Yep, it's uh, that kind nice. of situation. Yeah. Just get everyone a fresh start there. Yeah. My team, the Oklahoma City Thunder, finally has a head coach. Mark. They, they hired a guy. <laughs> I know Mark that. Mark D- Diagnalt? 
Is that how you sure. Say? Who cares? Who knows? <laughs> no one, no one's ever heard of this guy. For all we know, uh, he just created a Wikipedia page for himself. <laughs> walked into Sam Presti's office and was like, "Here's my resume." And they're like, "How much do you want?" <laughs> all right, two grand a month. Deal. <laughs> um, this is kind of just like a. Uh, whatever. Yeah. Like, he's a development guy. Was formerly the head coach of the Oklahoma State Blue. Super young. Cool. <laughs> like, I don't... So you're tanking? Yeah. Without yeah. saying it. You're tanking. Right? It's like... um, I don't know what to compare it to. But, like, it's... You're straight up calling everything a development. Yeah. I mean, like, this is like... If we weren't clear before, Chris Paul is gone. Danilo is gone. Steven Adams probably gone. Like we're building around Shea. Yeah, essentially, this is this is. Let's see what Shea is. Let's see what Baisley is. Let's see what Dort can do. Yeah, and like just kind of go from there. We're stripping it to the studs essentially. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I mean, like this is there's a playoff we, spot. <laughs> this is what we expected, right? I mean, yeah, it is. It's just like very drastically in that direction of development, <laughs> as as OKC will call it, and not tanking. But yes. It is. I mean, this is kind of a perfect year to do it if you're not gonna have full capacity of stands, right? Like, yeah. You're not. No one's there to watch the garbage. <laughs> so. Yeah, you're not. I mean, like the worst you can do is TV, but I mean that's not. Okay, so he's not on national television anyway. So. Right. Not since Westbrook and Durant have yeah. left. So. So hey, tank for tank for Cade. Oh my God. Keep don't, Cade Cunningham in Oklahoma. Don't 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 get my hopes up like that. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. Uh, last piece of news here. Um, I think this we just kind of want to shout out. Uh, we're not trying to get political on this podcast up front, but uh, national election has for the most part wrapped up, and both of us want to just give a shout out to NBA and teams for um, you know making a push publicly to get out and vote um, and making that available where they can, even for social justice and. Um, opening arenas as polling centers. I know in Houston, I think Milwaukee, um, Atlanta. Atlanta. Um, so where the owners have owned those arenas, they open them as polling centers. Even Dallas, I think, with Mark Cuban. Um, so pretty cool deal there. Um, just a really great job by NBA and NBA teams to get people to come out yeah. and vote and support that, um, which is a big deal. Again, not getting political, but like at the very worst, like it made it. I. I think it's impossible to say that like, it didn't make a difference right right it it did and especially in areas where like there's a lot of like swing votes going on there so um again just uh goes to show like you know the nba they took the big you know quote-unquote ratings hit because of all this and it's just no everyone's ratings were down straight up right yeah. but like you know the, it ultimately what teams were trying to do it worked so yep. just like a cool, more patriotic thing than anything what we're trying to get across here. Yep. Absolutely. So we'll move on now. So 87, episode 87, this is going to be a short one, Woo. shortish one, because we're just going to focus on the draft. There's no like second topic here. Um, and so it's the last uh, installment of the draft preview series. This is bigs. Again, I don't like call point guards, shooting guards, small forward, power forward, center. Well, let's go bigs here because some of these guys have the versatility to play four or five. Some of these guys, teams think, have the versatility to play the four or the five. So um, we'll just kind of run through them. And uh, there's a there's a three guys at the top and then a kind of a jumbled mess towards the back end of it. But some interest, 
ing uh, players here, actually. Even though I'm not the biggest fan of bigs in the draft overall, like there's philosophy-wise, still some dudes here. Sweet. Well, let's get into it. So this is, if you haven't been following along with this, go back and listen to our previous episodes. But Matt has these broken out into tiers, and then we kind of get into the tiers a little bit more. Um, so tier one, top five, star potential. Think This is the type of um, guy you're thinking of. So Obi Toppin. Yeah. A guy I've heard a lot about. Dayton Flyer. Dayton Flyer. Yeah. Power forward slash center. Um NBA is probably more of a four, but, um, I mean, he, small ball five. So, um, so strange, strange journey. Cause obviously if we're talking about a top five pick out of Dayton. So, you know, last year we had jaw yeah. out of Murray state and this year we kind of got Obi topping out of Dayton. So this dude, um, in case you don't know much about him. So he went to high school was like finished high school and he was something like six, five. So not great. Takes a prep year then grows a little more and uh gets an offer not many gets an offer from dayton goes there has to sit out his first year for academic redshirt and so he doesn't get to play till what's essentially his junior year of college um and last year he had a good year not a great year good year teams tried to get him to come out into the draft last year and they were going to try and you know snag him at like the end of the first and like stash him away for a year didn't do it. Obviously, decided to go back to Dayton. Was like, I'm good at basketball. You also got to give me a chance. And um, proved himself right. Because the dude set college basketball on fire last yeah. year. Was literally the player of the year in college basketball. Um, Dayton was going to be a number one seed going to the in, into March Madness. And literally, no one could even think about how to stop Obi Toppin in college basketball. So, offensively, he does literally everything. Um he can shoot off the catch. He can shoot off the dribble. He can do a spin move into the corner for a three and make it. He can give you post moves. He will dunk on absolutely everybody. He can pass. He can work the high post. He can pick and roll. He can short roll. He literally does everything you need him to do on offense. Like literally every single roll. So if you're drafting, you know, these top 10, top five spots and you need an infusion of offense, Obi Toppin can literally fill every single role. Um, he's not necessarily like, I would say like the Jokic, Sabonis type of like big where you're just kind of operating out of the elbow. Toppin, he's, he feels a little more blocker perimeter, more mm. Blake Griffin-y okay. um, than like Sabonis and Jokic. But like still a guy like you can run tons of offense through. And also just he can get himself a bucket. Mm. So I, I feel very confident with like, just because knowing he'll start day one in the NBA and mm. play, you know, all 72 right. games, you know, if you need a very solid like rookie of the year bet, it's Obi Toppin. Because he's going to play every game. He's going to put up 15 points a game minimum. Um, the concern is the defense. So where I think I've come to grips with Obi Toppin. Some people have him more in the 5 to 10 range. I'm, I'm going to mm-hmm. leave him in my like 3 to 5 range. Is Yes, the defense isn't incredible, but it's gotten good enough to where like he can play contain mm-hmm. and like stay generally in front until like the guard recovers on the pick and roll. Or like unless it's like a truly great back-to-the-basket center, 
he's like not going to get abused at the NBA level. So he's like six nine, six ten, something in that like two twenty to two thirty range. So like yeah, if you're putting him at the five against like Joel Embiid, he's going to get dumped on. Right. But like so does everyone. <laughs> so I'm more like okay if he's playing like league average ish centers or slightly above league average ish centers, he's fine. Like he's gonna be fine. And if he's playing the four, as long as it's not like Jalen Brown playing the four against him in a small ball lineup, he's going to be fine. Mm. Like he's he's a smart defender. I'll give him that much. And Parvitz, he, athletically, he pops right because he does ridiculous things in games athletically, like with his dunks. Like he's threw down. I mean, more windmills than anybody in game. He wanted to just back dudes down on the post and then just dunk on them. He he got in transition again against George Washington University and like threw down a between the legs dunk in game. Like the dude's ridiculous. Yeah. So I'm kind of to the point of like, yes, the athleticism's more vertical than it is side to side, but I borderline don't care because dudes who can move like that can probably do a little more once you get into you know not Dayton system um <laughs> and you get to like an nba What's strength and conditioning yeah. yeah so like that's why and you know at the end of the day ryan i'm gonna ask you a question here what percentage of the league is offense versus defense like what what's important is it like 90 percent offense 10 percent defense is it like 50 50 I mean, give me, I give would me a rough say like number. 65, 35 in favor of offense. Okay, so like if we're going to say a dude leans a little too far one way or the other, I'm going to lean offense then, right. like with who I'm drafting. And so Obi Toppin's going to be a guy that secures a top five spot for me as compared to the next couple guys we'll talk about after that. Mm. And so like teams, I'm good from like, I mean, he fits just about anyone, but like I'm saying like Warriors, Hornets, and then if he falls a little bit, um, like Knicks, Wizards, Suns, those all work for mm. me. Mm. I especially like the Suns one, but I don't think he's going to be there. That'd Ten, be fun. Put him next to DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. That'd be really cool. But, you know. So is he kind of, like, what I'm kind of getting from this, I- I'll ask you two questions. Is, is he, like, a poor man's Blake Griffin? Is That's that kind of like, the idea? So I think, you know, and I don't... It's hard to know, like, exactly, you know, how much the offense translates NBA level. But, like, my high-end-ish comp, you know, assuming the athleticism is still there, is, like, Detroit Blake Griffin. Okay. So, not, like, Clippers peak. Blake Griffin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, peak. like, the Detroit Blake Griffin that's, like, weirdly skilled. Yeah. It's still very athletic. You know, just assume Blake Griffin's knees haven't, like, gone out. Gotcha. And, like, he still had full knees right now. You'd be, like, he's a definite all-star. Right. That's like kind of where I'm at with Obi Toppin. That's like mm-hmm. his higher end outcome. Okay. I can get into that. Yeah. So how big of a deal is it that he's already 22 to you? Is that a big deal? No I, deal? I, I I don't think it's much of a deal. You know, if he played four years of college basketball and it's like he just kind of was what he was, you know, I might be like a little less inclined, but like he's only played two years. So he's still very raw and he wasn't like he's from New York. And he didn't play, like, New York City, high major, you know, or, you know, high uh, elite high school basketball. He's kind of, like, a, went to, like, normal schools growing up. Just, like, normal AAU circuits. Like, he wasn't anything special growing up. So, it's really just, like, he finally hit his growth spurt late. And then he took off, like, mm. once he got to Dayton. So, I'm kind of of the opinion that he's still got room to grow. He's not, like, the 22-year-old coming into the draft who's, like, he is what he is. 
he still has more he can grow into and do. And so that's why I don't think it's that big of a deal. I get why some people, you know, just in general don't love the idea of a quote-unquote senior. He's not a senior legally, but, like, whatever. But I, I think I'm cool with it moving forward. Like, you know, maybe if you're, like, Charlotte, you don't want to take him because he doesn't fit your timeline. But, right. like, most teams, I think it's fine. It doesn't yeah. matter. Could kind of fit, like, a Warriors timeline Yeah, really yeah, yeah, well. Yeah. If you think Draymond can, like, legit be, like, an all-NBA defensive first-team guy... He works there. If mm-hmm. if you secretly know Draymond's not that anymore, then yeah, he doesn't work quite as much. But you know, but like he should fit there in theory. Mm, gotcha. So that's your only tier one. Yeah. Like I part of this is a philosophy thing. I don't love drafting bigs <laughs> high in drafts. So. I mean, I don't either. But the league seems to be convinced. That At some point, to- there is value in them. But I'd just rather take swings on wings, forwards, guards. Yeah. You know? Right. Right. So, tier two, moving on. Lottery. This is still lottery. High upside type of guys. In this category, you have two. James Wiseman. I can get that name right. Kid out of Memphis. Yep. Uh, oh, I've heard the name said before. I just... Oh, Kenya? Kanye? Ken, no. <laughs> no, that's not right. Oh, I, I just love watching you struggle through it. Onyeka. Onyeka. Oh Okongwu. my god, I wasn't even that close. Uh, Okongwu. Wow, yeah. what a name. Yeah. He's ki- that's the kid from USC, right? Yes, it is. Um, also, my- Chino Hills. Ball brother. Oh, Jesus. Can I don't, think, not I don't think he ever actually played with the Ball Brothers um, because LaMelo left and did the Lithuania thing and all that. Yeah. But yeah, he's Chino Hills. Um, Mr. Basketball in the state of California. So like, whoa, big deal. Big yeah. deal. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so we'll start with Wiseman. He's the guy um, most people are enamored with. And I kind of have them, like, I think on my big board, like, they're, like, right next to each other. Um, So I don't see too much difference between them, but we'll start with Wiseman. So if for some reason you don't know, he's the prototypical size, 7'1", 7'6", wingspan. Um, Something like 240-ish pounds. Mm. Um, Should dominate above the rim at the NBA level. Um, Defensively. He has a real shot at being, like, your core inside. Like, it's, like, a legit possibility um, because of the size. And, like, he's a good athlete. I don't want to say he's a great athlete, but he's, like, a good athlete. Um, on offense, should be an incredible pick-and-roll threat. With He has some potential as, like, an elbow, like, type guy or, like, if you pick and pop to the top of the key. Like, that might be there for him long-term. But I don't know if I love the idea of him just being, like, a floor-spacing big. Like, mm-hmm. he's not Porzingis. Like, that that comp needs to stop. Um, the concerns with Wiseman overall are that he only played three college games because of the whole, deal, like, academic deal with Memphis. Um, and two of those games were against um, you and me, Ryan. So there's that. Um, the third game against Oregon... Um, was fine. It really wasn't anything special. Like, if anything, it's like, I was disappointed. Because Oregon has no bigs. Right. Um, ever. And this year, like, the one they thought they were going to have was They had a bubble that one year, right? So, um, and he couldn't dominate them. It's like, dude, you have, like, this 6'8", like, 210-pound, like, wing guarding you. And couldn't dominate him. So that was a little concerning. Um, just got matched up with, like, a good team. And, like 
wasn't imposing. So he's always kind of also had the knock, even in like high school and AAU, of if you watch him in practice or scrimmage, he is absolutely incredible. But you put him in like a game that matters, and it's like you had a nice game. That and it's always you had a nice game. So it's like, okay, so what do I do with a dude who's bigger than everybody else, dominates in an open gym or, you know, practice, but then it's like it just never 100% translates. I don't know. Because if you just think he just needs an NBA team and a head coach that can, like, actually get him to where his potential says he should be, a workout then, room, all that stuff. Yeah, then, okay, then he should be, like, a higher pick than I have him at right now as, like, a back half the lottery kid. But, you know, at some point, I'd like to think that over the last, like, five years, because everyone's known about this kid for years, he would have, like, shown up. And, mm-hmm. like, just be like, I'm James Wiseman. You're not doing anything against me. And, like, you know, I haven't seen, I'm not going to act like I've seen every single rep he ever had in high school in, in AAU. But, like, just, like, the reports I've seen and what I've seen, it's, like, there are other dudes in this class who are lower. If you're stronger than him, you pushed him around. 100% pushed him around. And so I I know once he gets to the NBA level, again, maybe post-defense isn't the biggest deal. Yep. Maybe it's just a matter of can you slide your feet well enough in the pick-and-roll pick and roll. that, like, it's fine. And, you know, maybe he can. I don't love his feet in terms of, like, being able to slide on the perimeter, but I don't know. He just, I, there's just something missing for me. He doesn't have, like, mm. the it factor. Yeah. And for a big in the top ten, I want an it factor. Obi Toppin has it factor on offense. James Wiseman has it factor in terms of potential. I I just don't know a big man with potential, if that's, like, his thing is his potential, if that's a top five pick. Some people, you know, obviously want him to go one, two, three, something like that. And I get why those teams have fallen in love. I get mm. it. I just wouldn't do it. It's not me. That's not my style. So, like, that's why for, like, teams, I get why, like, the Warriors, Hornets, Cavs, like, want him. I get it. But, like, I'm more Pistons, Knicks, Wizards, Spurs. I'm more that range for him. So this I'll kid... let someone else draft him, and I'll, I'll be wrong if he goes high and does well. I'll be wrong. So this kid kind of sounds like Mo Bamba to me. You know, and, and yes-ish. Yeah, you know Mo Bamba actually got to play at Texas. Um, I think he's a little better than Mo Bamba offensively. Like Mo Bamba, like doesn't know what he's doing on offense. Mm, um, okay, Wiseman, like he almost thinks too highly of him. Like he he thinks he can shoot. Like mm. he he very much thinks he can shoot. And so some people say like, oh, if you watch him in practice, he can shoot. But when you watch like any AAU high school college game, he can't shoot. So I, that's where it's like. Again, I if it translated into games, he's like a legit dude. But at some point, I just want to see it. And so I'll let someone else take him in. If it works for them, cool. You drafted a center and you're paying him on his rookie scale deal eight plus million dollars a year. Yeah. That like, mid, go ahead. Mid-level I plus. can go find other dudes for similar or lesser deals that, yeah, maybe don't have the long-term potential, but like I know they're good. So, you know, it's just a more of a a value proposition thing with me than mm. anything. That's why it's like, I'd rather just either take top in, take the next guy, Okongwu, or just go out in free agency. Like, again, I'm all about value. And wings, guards, forwards are worth 
higher picks because their value is just higher. Just how the game is. Ten years ago, James Wiseman's number one, no doubt about it. Just not that league anymore. Just not. So there's Kid Okongwu. Um, he's a bowling ball style big. Um, he's only six nine, but he's like two hundred forty five pounds. So he gets the Bam comparison a lot, um, unfortunately, mm. which is not fair because no one's Bam, right? <laughs> um, but he gets that comparison. He protects the rim well, like mm. really well. Um, can decently slide his feet outside the paint. I don't. Yeah, he's not a switch guy necessarily, but like he can hold his own against like a four or like if a team plays like a bigger three, like if they were playing Philly and like Tobias Harris at the three, like mm. he could like slide fine-ish out there. Um, but so like on offense, he's shown really nice touch around the rim. Like he's very efficient around the rim. It goes back to the conversation though of like, how important is that? Mm. You know, yeah. um, no real attempt at like outside shooting for him. Like I think he took like four threes all year and a lot of I can't remember if all of them were heaves or not, but the one he made was a half court heave against Arizona. Nice. So you know I, I he did shoot a decent free throw percentage. I want to say is like in the seventies. So if you think he has touch from the free throw line, he's shown touch inside. And I've seen you know plenty of videos throughout the year, not just over the last few months, of like him shooting in practice. It's like he is he's is very literally learning to shoot jump shots still. Mm-hmm. It looks fine. Like the form looks good, the technique looks good. It's very slow. It is very like developmental. It is not game ready. But if you think it can ever get to game ready, then okay, well, we can now start having more legitimate high up conversations about him. Like even Bam's jump shot's not great either. Like I know that. But Bam defensively is much, much better because he's kind of in a category up there like with the elite nba centers now kongu is not that but he's he's close-ish so um i i think the sh- if the shot ever comes around for him it's going to be catch and shoot it's never gonna be like face up it's not gonna be like that kind of stuff i also don't know if i love him as like a passer the way like mm. bam's a passer yeah um with him it's it's pick and roll yeah. And the occasional handoff. That's like the long term thing for Okongwu with me. It's not a run your offense through the guy. So that's why like if the Hornets don't get Wiseman and they they just desperately want a center, they could take him. But um and the Cavs if again, the Cavs are enamored with every center in the league. Um but really again he's more in that Pistons, Knicks, Wizards, Spurs, Kings, Pelicans group to me. And there's nothing wrong with that. Again, I know why some people have him top five because the league loves bigs still i'm again this goes back to i'll i'll slide a bit with the bigs ultimately and live with taking shots on other dudes so going off that idea excuse me uh realistically will these bigs go as low as you have them or do you think they'll go higher so i have them at like nine and ten respectively on my board so no like they're going somewhere in that like Wiseman's going top five. I, it's happening. Like, Okongwu, he might, 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 might get to nine or ten, but realistically, he is like a three to seven. Okay. So, is it too far off with Okongwu? Maybe not. Wiseman, I'll be wrong on Wiseman. And I'll just, again, I said that, I'll be wrong on him. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be the guy that's like, ah, oh, I was too low. But I would rather do that and take shots with Killian Hayes or Isaac Okoro than I am with Wiseman. And I've heard, like, maybe I just haven't seen enough of, like, his high school and AAU tape. Okay. 
it doesn't sound like it's that that impressive anyway so i'll live with it it's kind of hard i mean like if you're a gm it's kind of hard he's only played three college games pick a kid off of a aau tape and a high school tape right? yeah because that's all you really have that's what the nba got into you know 10 15 years ago and a lot of teams crap the bed on it right <laughs> that's why they took it away right yeah because the whole it was teams, a disaster yeah teams couldn't figure if it you out. weren't lebron or dwight howard or something like it wasn't going well yeah so he's just one of those kids like if it hits cool if it doesn't i'll, I'll take my victory lap with that one and we'll move on to tier three and four so the tier three and four so this is still first round so still first round um we did not practice these names no it's time. gonna be rough <laughs> okay so zeke Najee? Yeah! There we go. Precious Echuwo? Yeah! Reggie Perry, Jalen Smith, and Isaiah Stewart. Yeah, man. That's what wow. I'm talking about. Um, so After Zeke... I butcher <laughs> Onyeko Okongwu. Um, that's, that's probably the hardest one out of these, though. Um, so Zeke Najee, just real quick. Um, big man out of Arizona. Precious from Memphis also. Reggie Perry from Mississippi State. Jalen Smith from Maryland, and Isaiah Stewart from Washington. So I'll try and make these uh, short and sweet-ish. So Najee's one that I had high on my board very early in the year. Mm. And then it's like, I like I told myself to pump the brakes way too much on him. Because I was like, I'm, there's no way I'm the only guy who's this high on him. And then like everyone else came around, and now he's a first-round pick by yeah. everyone. And I was like, ah, I was <laughs> right. Um, one freshman of the year in the Pac-12. Um, oh. so like, good. And you know, Okongwu is in that group too. Yeah. So Najee more offensively skilled. Um, he's, he's good at everything. Maybe not great at anything, but he's good at everything. Um, he has very real shot potential to play like the four, even though he's like six ten two forty five, um, with like a seven foot plus wingspan. Also, that was another thing with Okongwu. He doesn't have a seven four wingspan like Bam does. So. Not to just pile onto a Kongwu, but it it matters that Bam's wingspan's mm. that big. So Najee, he has some real potential to play the four or the five, um, unlike a lot of these dudes. So he's a decent defender outside of the paint. Um, again, he's not switching one through five, but he can competently guard three through five. Um, as long as it's not, you know, the OKC playing the point guard at the three, you know. <laughs> but like, he's... he's a more competent defender than I think a lot of people realize. Um, he's not like a, a huge pop guy in terms of athleticism, but he's got a good body. He just moves well. And so I'll take a dude who moves well. He is super smart um, on both sides. Like he always is in the right spot. And I think that matters a lot because that's hard to teach. Um, also, I think you can use him a bit more creatively in your offense as a passer. Mm. He showed that skill a bit at Arizona. He, I don't want to say he'll ever have like the Sabonis type upside, but like Sabonis light ish. Um, I think Sabonis light. What is that worth? I don't know. Yeah. But um, ultimately, I just think I trust him on both ends to be good. And in this draft, somewhere in that like late late lottery to twenty range for a lot of those fringy playoff teams that like. You should want some really good depth, and like I need a dude who will play fifteen good minutes and still have potential. Zignaji. Mm. So that's why, like, kind of that Spurs to Nuggets range. Okay. Um, Spurs, Kings, Pelicans, Wolves, Heat, Seventy Sixers, Nuggets. Um, the Celtics kind of like him, also. Kind of in that range for him. Um, Precious, kind of the opposite. Um, 
coming out of Memphis. So, again, weird him and James Wiseman were on the same team. Wiseman was obviously slated to be the five. Precious was recruited as, like, a small forward. And so, <laughs> it's like, that was wrong from the get-go. I right. knew that was wrong from the get-go. Right. His style was never going to be a college three. He was never going to be that skilled. He's, like, 6'9", 225-ish. Um, upper body looks incredible. Legs look a little skinny. But upper body looks incredible. Um, hyper, hyper athlete. Mm. So, he's, I mean, he's the pick-and-roll type god in this group because um, he finishes everything inside mm-hmm. on dunks he's that kind of dude um so with when wiseman obviously had to leave memphis he stepped kind of slid just naturally into that like that four or five spot and that's when like he i mean i mean i only played three games with wiseman but achua really took off um he has shown some ability to like catch and shoot from like corner three um i think that will translate it's only like low 30 percent at memphis but like i i think it's good enough to like at nba level it can get there um what happened which was surprising was at memphis like their defense like really stepped up with achua um great rim protector um weak side and on ball so i think it if you need a small ball five if you need a good backup five that's like a complete change of pace Achua is like a really good option. I don't know if he's ever like a full blown starting center in the league, but he's he's a really fun player to have. Um, mm. So, again, my one question is going to be when he gets to the league, similar to when he came into Memphis, is is he going to know his role mm. still, yeah. or is he going to get out of control? Which he does sometimes at Memphis. Like he would revert back to trying to be like a three, and it's like, dude just stop like it's <laughs> you gotta pump the you, brakes on that you one. really cannot do a dribble move in a game like mm. it's just not there if anything it's like you know pump you know if you hit a couple corner threes it's it really should just be pump two dribbles dunk like that's your only move and you know he's trying to do you know behind the back crossover type things and it's like it's just and it's fine that it's not there right just like understand it and so when he comes into the league um if he can just if some coach can get through to him, like, look, you're a five. You are a rim running, hard rebounding, you know, play your tail off, five. He's going to be a long-term NBA player. But if he just constantly fights it about being a three-four, then things will – he'll end up on the bench. He'll end, he'll get drafted by like Dallas or something and end up at on the end of Rick Carlisle's bench. Mm. So teams – it's this same tier of, like, Celtics, Blazers, Timberwolves – Maybe the 76ers is like that change of pace. I in type of center. Nuggets, same idea. Jazz, same idea. Thunder, same idea. Um, that's kind of where I have him going at. Some people have like, maybe he's late lottery, like that 10 to 14. Eh. Eh. Too high. Yeah. I don't know. For, and the one thing is, he played his freshman year at Memphis, but he was older because mm. everyone does a prep year now. And so like, and he was because of the way the offseason's gone and everything, he's already turned to 21. Mm. So he is older. Like, he, he really would be, like, you have to envision him as a sophomore. Like, he just finished his sophomore year in Memphis. And so if he was a true freshman like Najee, I might be a little more inclined to take him higher, but eh, not really right now. Um, Reggie Perry, Mississippi State, very underrated player. Um, most people don't have him as a first-round pick. I do. I have him as kind of like that like the early 20s-ish. Okay. Um, constantly produces great body, 
legs are tree trunks. Um, uh, can play above the rim. I mean, great athlete. Can protect the rim from the weak side. Um, he he has definitely shown an a, like a consistent ability to shoot. He just finished his sophomore year at Mississippi State, um, and so he's actually younger than like Achua, who just played his freshman year at Memphis. Mm. By like he's like six months younger. Okay. Um, he has some face-up game potential. Like, it, it's shown to be there a bit. I don't know if at NBA level it, if it can be there, but he's shown some um, ability there. He rebounds well. He should size his feet fine. I mean, maybe not great, but fine. Um, so he has a bit of switch potential. He played, like, the... You know, like, when uh, like Isaac Likely and Cade Cunningham and all of them play that, that USA, like, U19 oh, yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Reggie Perry was on that team and was, like, the, was the literal MVP of it. Ooh. So interesting you know it's one of those like he he knows his role he knows what he's good at yeah and he's got enough potential on the perimeter to be like there's something here because the form looks fine um there's nothing really wrong with his jump shot so maybe it's just a matter of reps like game reps and nba he's not going to get that day like day one but if you're a team willing to take three-ish years to develop a big and you have time i like reggie pair a lot so um again he's kind of in that blazers to like thunder tier for me of guys um and then last two real quick isaiah stewart um built similar to a kongu um six nine big arms though seven foot four strongest dude in the draft i mean the dude i'm not sure he'll have an ounce of body fat on him um chiseled so um on top of that carved up the post at washington i mean Okongwu couldn't stop him. No one could stop him. Um, I watched him in the post. Um, he has shown some ability to shoot at lower levels. Didn't really show it at Washington just because he didn't need to because he could score at will inside. Um, it's not the cleanest looking shot, but mm-hmm. it's it's enough there to think there's potential. Um, he protects the paint fairly well on defense. Part of it's the arms. I don't love his like ability to move on the perimeter like sliding his feet and all but it's okay uh, if he had more offensive skill set outside of the paint or more defensive skill set outside of the paint i would have him higher um but otherwise i think he's more very very late teens to end of the first round mm. so just a team that just needs an, another big that you can develop him um i'd be very interested in the bucks taking him very oh, interesting okay. in bucks yeah yeah him. um and then the last guy jalen smith nicknamed sticks for a reason um <laughs> like 6 10 6 11 um out of maryland very skinny like 220 pounds um really can shoot though he took a huge step his sophomore year at maryland um he like can legit shoot off movement like he can run off of screens and so that's drastically helped his draft stock um he i don't know if he can make decisions out of like a pick and roll pick and pop but like there's there's a little bit of potential there Mm. um just enough to make you bet on it but um defensively blocks a ton of shots that's like his thing i really don't know if he's a good defender but he blocks a ton of shots (laughs) so you know if you're willing to just see like ah maybe there's something here um take a chance on him like more of that 76ers to like into the first round mm. like anywhere in the 20s yeah you want to take a shot cool take a shot some people have him higher like 13 i don't know 
if he did more defensively, I would like him. But I don't. He he's he's a bit stiff for me to gotcha. think like if we if people criticize Obi Toppin for being stiff, then they need to crush this guy for being <laughs> stiff. He's a good shot blocker though. He really okay. is. So you know, it's it's a guy that in this draft you take at the end of the first just to see if there's anything there. Mm. So that's the, that's kind of the quick rundown on bigs. There are more. There's a lot of bigs in this draft. It's just again, some people might be more inclined to take a few more in the first. Again, it's a value thing. I almost feel weird having this many in the first. Like I have eight guys in the first round that are classified as bigs, and is it a ton? No, because a lot of mine have some positional versatility. But you know, for the guys that like Vernon Carey out of Duke. Like the big two hundred and sixty pound back to the back, like Ennis Cantor, it's what he basically is. Right. Um, I don't. I just don't feel the need to take that guy in the first round. Take a second round flyer on him somewhere. Sure. Like there, there are a few of those guys in this draft. Um, Xavier Tillman gets some love out of Michigan State um, as like a smart six nine thick center who can kind of pass. Uh, you know, beginning ish of the second round. Sure. Fine. But I again. Those type guys, I you know, again, five, ten years ago, maybe you'd take them. I'm to the, I've always been to that point, but stating it for the record again, centers just aren't that valuable anymore. You can go get Ennis Cantor. Right. The Celtics can go find Daniel Tice, right? The Thunder can, you know, pay Nerlens Noel the minimum for some decent backup center minutes. And, like, so why take a draft pick on a guy that's just going to be the actualized version of Nerlens Noel or something, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's just a value idea for me. And again, I like wings. I like forwards. I like guards. Mm. And this draft, it's a lot of bigs and a lot of small point guards. Mm. So that's why some people don't like this draft, along with the idea that there's not like that guy. Right. Um, there's no Zion. There's no Jaw. There's no RJ Barrett. The Knicks might give you RJ Barrett. Um, but uh, there's no one like that either. So, it's a yeah, it's a little weird group, but there's a there's some good dudes still if you get past the lottery. So don't don't think if your team's outside the lottery that the draft's just a crapshoot. Mm. It's not. If your team decides to take centers, it might be. It might go but, south really quick. But um if you're willing to just be patient with some of these guys or like just accept role players, this draft is gonna be fine. Nice. Well that's it for episode eighty seven. Which we're about to record episode 88. Yeah, we had a delay with that uh, recording because, you know, baby duty calls sometimes. Both. Yeah. Literally. Baby duty. Yeah. Uh, it came again today. <laughs> dad jokes. Dad jokes. I'm not even dad. Uh, anyways, thank you for listening to episode 87. Um, look forward to episode 88 very soon. For us, it's split seconds away. So we'll see you in episode 88. Yeah.